This is Texas State Spit Talk. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Another week, another Texas State Spit Talk. Welcome to episode 9 of the Texas State Spit Talk, the only podcast, might I dare say it, the only podcast dedicated just, or at least centered around, Texas State Athletics. I'm your host, Reed Graff. To my left, my uh, play-by-play partner, Brendan Snow. We do San Marcos football. Straight across from me, Mark Brown. To my right, this guy, (laughs) Peyton Hill. Hello. (laughs) Oh, now you have an accent. (laughs) Guys, there is a lot to break down. This show is going to be 95% football, so if you are not a football fan, bye. Um, But this entire show is going to be football-related up until the very end, where we may touch on – we have the playoff bracket for the Major League Baseball playoffs. We may touch on that a little bit. Um, Guys, we're now 1-3, Texas State football. We're now 1-3. Should be 2-2 if – you ask me. I was at the game this past week. They fell to UTSA twenty-five to twenty-one in the Alamo Dome. Really, we 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 should be three and one. Honestly, I mean, that the Texas Southern game was that was ours also. The South Alabama. I mean, South Alabama. The way this game was lost is absolutely infuriating. I have been pissed since Saturday at around nine o'clock. And for those of you who are Texas State football fans, you know why I'm mad. I am ready to – I've been ready to just explode all week long. Actually, every time I've talked to Reed this week, he has been yelling. He hasn't stopped yet. I am in, I'm, I'm infuriated. I, I am usually an optimistic guy. I try to stay optimistic about my teams. I, I sugarcoat things. Uh, you know, I try to look for the, the bright side. There's no bright sides in this one. Unfortunately, there isn't. Starting quarterback goes down, first series of the game. Uh, Willie Jones. Does he does he stay in the game? Do we win the game? I don't know. Uh, Tyler Vitt came in. Oh, Jalen Gibson came in, couldn't hit the backside of a barn. Looked awful. Was yeah. couldn't couldn't complete slant routes, couldn't complete out routes. Looks like one for four. Looked overwhelmed. One for four, four yards. And then they brought in true freshman Tyler Vitt, who to this point in the season hasn't been bad, but okay, he's been bad. He hasn't been hasn't been good. He hasn't even been more average. Well, he was pretty good in this game. Tyler Vick comes in 15 for 22, 192 yards, two touchdowns. Really, the only rookie mistake I saw was the the interception where he was trying to throw the ball away, and he threw it directly to a cornerback. And if you screw up on the first drive, I mean, that kind of just – Boneheaded mistake. Yeah. Uh, He came in, they were already trailing 14 – He got his nerves out. He he came in, they were trailing 14 to nothing. Uh, Led them back. I believe going into halftime, going into the second quarter, it was 14-7 to because Tyler Vitt put together a really good drive. And you could – I'll tell you what about Tyler Vitt. You have to give him credit. Uh, Drive by drive, you could see him get better. 
you could literally see this kid learning how to play college football right in front it's of just you. Even put some points on board himself. You could see him improve. Like you could just see it. You you could you could see that, that he wasn't making the reads that he made the previous play. You could see that he wasn't you know backing away from the pressure that he backed away from in the last in the last drive. Uh, so you have to give him credit for that. I thought he played fairly well. Um, yeah, I would consider. Uh, oh my bad, go for it. Oh no, I, was, I mean this is this is pretty dumb, but I'm gonna say it anyway. So I'm gonna consider uh, Tyler Vitt to be, you know, say you compared him to the Avengers. Tyler Vitt is definitely Captain America, and I'll use uh, <laughs> Willie Jones III as Iron Man. So Iron Man is injured right now, so we're using Captain America, aka Tyler Vitt. Are you only saying that because he's like a white dude? Is that well, why you're saying that? Um, I mean, not not because of that. I mean, Iron Man's not Iron Man. Okay, obviously, so isn't black either. What, but what I like and what true. I take away from uh, Vitt is that he has that ability to play as a quarterback. Like a quarterback, quarterback Willie Jones is like he's an athlete a playing very quarterback. Game manager, uh, game. I don't want to call him a game manager because he's a big time playmaker. He, I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over yet. He doesn't just have those like really good plays that are like you know like super long. I think his longest this season was like, I mean, it was yeah, like a forty nine yard pass. I mean, that, he, that he had and, some big runs, and yeah, the run was like fifty yards. But um, I just really think Withers' offense is not built around. Like built around Vitt's style. We're of gonna play. we're gonna get to the to the struggles. I'm trying to touch on yeah, kind of the bright points right now. Hey, oh, uh, what I want to say is I think Hutch White for QB, uh, putting it out there. He's, Stop it. He's hey one for one, 26 <laughs> yards. Well, well Peyton, you're you, you, you're you're new to this. I know. Hutch White in his career is three for three. He completed dude. two passes last year. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> dude, we're looking at the wrong guys. But I mean, <laughs> everything I've heard from Tyler Vitt, I have I have. I hate saying this because I hate it when uh, people use this card. But I do. Ha- I have a source who goes to those practices every day. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to say why they're there because that can get them in trouble. I'm not going to do that. Um, but they told me that, A, Tyler Vitt is clearly the best passer. You can just see it. He, out of Jalen Gibson and Willie Jones hasn't practiced this week. Take that for what, it, what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went out with the – when I was there, he came off – limping so i thought it was his leg again so i put something in the tech in the kdsw group chat saying kate willie jones is out he limped off the field maybe reaggravated his ankle quarter later brendan texts me no you idiot he has a sling on his arm <laughs> i'm like brendan i'm in the end zone i can't see him on the sidelines <laughs> so uh, apparently he he injured his shoulder uh, maybe it's just a uh, shoulder no, cramp non-throwing soldier <laughs> maybe it's there no, maybe shoulder, maybe it's just his shoulder cramp was it after he got shoulder. sacked or um i might have been after the fumble. Oh, the fumble, the scoop and score one? Yeah, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100% sure on that. Tyler Vitt comes in, plays pretty well. It's pretty obvious to me Tyler Vitt's the best passer out of the three. The thing Willie Jones does very well, especially with how stupid, oh my God, how stupid this offense is run. Willie Jones fits that stupidity well. Yeah. Uh, because we ran the ball. Tw- get this, get this, get this. Okay, okay, okay. He's the we answer. ran the ball 25 times against UTSA. 25. 15 of those are carries by a quarterback. We gained 26 total yards. It's like we're running Michael Vick out there. Robert Brown Jr. had three carries. The guy who every week, every freaking week, Coach Withers tells us Robert Brown's getting better. We want to get him more touches. We really like what we're seeing from Robert Brown. You give him three carries. And then you face Anthony D. Taylor, your number one back, five carries. And I get this because UTSA is <laughs> – Weakness was their secondary. It was. That was their weakness. That's what we wanted to attack. Tyler Vitt did a good job of that. He threw the ball fairly well. You still got to have a running game, though. I mean, you just have to. Yeah, you and can't you can't give more K- 
carries to your quarterbacks than your running backs. That's stupid. The coach is scared. See, this is thing. You know, knowing that. See, this obviously it's 2018. Outrage. So last year, you know, we got our we got our butts kicked pretty bad by UTSA at our own home stadium. So they were the better I'm team last sure, year. Yeah, they were clearly. But I'm pretty sure like the coaches might have been a little hesitant to, uh, you know, hand it off to the Why ball carriers. Why though? See, I, that's the thing. We might not have a good rushing. But we do. O-line. That's the thing. We. See, that's the thing. We're we're deep at running back. Yeah, we do. But like, I think because I remember our source was telling us that. Uh, the O line's not really doing good on the run block. It's 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 irrelevant. I mean, you have to run the ball. I mean, it, it is obviously especially when every week all we hear is, "Oh, our running backs are our better players." Oh, Robert Brown Jr. is showing us some things. And, and maybe it comes back to the coaching because so I talked to Brent Freeman earlier this week on Texas State uh, Bobcat Radio. Of course, Brent Freeman, voice of Texas State athletics here, play-by-play guy. If he's one, you know, you want to talk Texas State football with, it's him. He told me it's hard to run the ball when you're far behind. We know the team fell behind 14 nothing, But that's still the first quarter. You hear that all the time. You fall behind. When you fall behind early, it shouldn't change your game plan that much. If you're behind 14 points in the fourth quarter, yeah, your then game you're, plan then you're is throwing different. the ball. In the first quarter, you can still come out, run the ball first and second down, throw the ball on third down. You but have plenty no of time. need to like go to panic mode. In the first quarter. In the first quarter. With a true freshman quarter. I'm, exactly. Uh, Got to replace that with sickle uh, mode. Yeah. <laughs> Travis and Scott, then, mixed at, feelings. And then, man, I'll tell you what, the play calling throughout this game was terrible. I thought Tyler Vitt did about – it's one of those things, and I'm not, I don't want to come after too much, but it's one of those things where I was at the game, okay? I'm telling you right now, there was not a player on the UTSA lineup other than maybe Josiah Tawefa who was better than, than the guy lined up across from him playing for Texas State. I thought Tyler Vitt was two times the quarterback Cordell Grundy was. Cordell Grundy was not very good. He was a good runner. He, no, he he's yeah. a good. He is a Willie Jones, but without the accuracy. He he can throw the he can throw it. He has a decent arm. He's not very accurate, but he can run. So that brings up the question: Would we have won if Willie Jones stayed in the game at full health? Honestly, dude, I I can't say. I don't think it would have gone a whole lot different. I mean, uh, Willie Jones is a better runner than Tyler Vitt. You got to give him credit for that. Um, but I thought Tyler Vitt played well enough to win the game. I really do. Uh, I just thought I just feel like it's a situation where Texas State was more talented. I, I thought it was pretty obvious to me that we had we were I don't want to say bigger, but we were definitely faster. We were definitely stronger. We had better talent at wide out than they had in their secondary by a mile, by a mile. Uh, and and uh, we didn't capitalize on that enough. I we simply plain and simple got out coached, and we haven't even talked about the play yet. The play. The play. The oh, play. and there's another thing I want to break down. And this, and then I want to get y'all's thought on this before we get to the play. And everyone knows what the play is. We're going to get to that here in a minute. Uh, and we can critique that all we want. I, I want to pull from Michael Rackpo when we get to that, former Texas State. He had a great video on it. If you haven't seen it on Twitter, go watch his. He really breaks it down, does a great job from a guy who's played college football. He understands it. It's a good take. Uh, I tried to get him on the show. Haven't heard back. Mike, if you listen, hit us up. Um, but uh, so I think it was the – Second quarter, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, we had a 34-yard field goal attempt. And we send out Clayton Stewart, the true freshman, to kick this field goal. Now, Clayton Stewart's a very good punter. I mean, he's a great punter. He averages like 40, 50 yards on his punts. He's a true freshman. Uh, he had 184 yards of uh, Kid's got a punting yard. He's got a leg. He really does. <laughs> um, James Sherman is our senior kicker. Two weeks ago was Sunbelt Special Teams Player of the Week, made five field goals in a game, accounted for 18 points, two of them being for 41 yards. 
on the left. One of them was on the left hash, which is where this kick was at. And they send out the true freshman, Clayton Stewart, to kick it. And he misses it. He misses it wide right. Uh, not an easy kick. Not an exceedingly hard kick either. Uh, but as a true freshman, who's probably going to be a talented kicker. I mean, he's pretty highly recruited coming out of – believe it or not, he was one of the higher recruits in the class. Um, you got to go with the guy who's won special teams player of the week, right? you got to go with your senior kicker. But they go with him. And, Brendan, I don't know if you told me this. I don't know exactly where the source is coming from, so I don't want to put too much stock in it. But the only reason I've heard for the reason being why James Sherman, why James Sherman did not kick that field goal is because Texas State felt that James Sherman's kicks were too low. Now they did had too low of an angle. That's even what they said on the broadcast during the game. So that was their official word. Uh, I gotta kind of believe it because it's you know for pulling out sources. I also heard from someone it's just this past week in practice. Sherman's had three kicks blocked. It's been a problem getting the ball up. So I thought it was a weird time to go for it the, to switch. Kickers. It's a really bad time to switch. I, kickers. If you had yeah. problems with your kicker, I feel like the time to do it maybe would have been the Texas Southern game, wherein Sherman won kicker of the week. You know, a game like that or. I don't know, just something more in practice of letting your punter. Yeah, more of a less threatening team. Or even bringing in the other true freshman, Chris Kessler, a guy who is a kicker. That is his thing. He's a field goal. He's a place kicker. So why is the guy who's been punting kicking that field goal? I don't know. That's just, that just blows my mind. Put me in, coach. Put uh, me in. It, it, I mean, you, that's what we got to do. We got to have our punters kick field goals and our receivers throw passes. And then we'll win ball games? Yeah, just, you know, a little See, unorthodox way. I, I, Texas State, I, look, being, being as I am, uh, uh, a lifelong fan, they have something that we like to call the Brown syndrome. Okay, uh, for some reason they just have they're so bad that they want to do really strange, to per se, things to try and win football games. But no, 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 no. You have you have it incorrect. They're doing their strange things to lose football games. Uh, That's what they're they doing. Want to lose them, but. That's uh, what they're hey, doing. There is like one good thing from this game, I guess, is uh, Keenan Brown got the John Mackey Award for tight end. There's a lot of good things to take away from them, and that's what's so frustrating is that they should have won this football game. Keenan Brown was pro football God. focus, uh, all co- all college team from this week. Oh, he was a of monster every, of every player in college. You know, they accumulate their grade or however they do it. He would have been the starting tight end. He had the best grade of a starting tight end. I'll tell you what. There were three players in that game that clearly stood out and that were clearly the three best players in the field. Frankie Griffin. It was Brian London. No, not even Frankie Griffin. I thought Frankie Griffin played well, but he's not on this list for me. Brian London. Below. Josiah Tauefa, their their linebacker, the junior linebacker, and and Keenan Brown. Those three were clearly Sunday, Sunday afternoon guys. I mean, they were just clearly way better than everybody else. It was pretty obvious. Uh, I mean, they were throwing what? You know, how often do you see slants to your tight end? I mean, you just don't yeah, see that. I mean, that's all he's catching them. But uh, he was faster than the linebackers, even the, and then he was too big for the safeties. Give the ball, feed the oh, man, yeah. Keenan Brown. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay, guys, it, it is time to talk about the play. So there's a lot to break down here. So so we, we're down by three. We force Texas. We force UTSA to punt us the ball. Under two minutes. Uh, was it Hutch White back to return? It's kicked at about the forty, about their own 45 of UTSA. Bounces at about the 20. Hutch White decides not to field it. Uh, ends up being a bad idea because they pin us at the two. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, this is where I want to break down what Michael Rackbo said. So, 
we knew going into this game, UTSA's secondary was weak. That that uh, Mike Arakpo went as far to say they were atrocious. That is that is the word. That's what he called them. Uh, they're not very talented. I think C.J. Levine was like their best guy, and I think he was hurt for the second half. So they come out. Texas State comes out uh, in a wide receiver set shotgun with Anthony Taylor in the backfield. And, Brendan, you can go on a rant here in a minute about Anthony Taylor's blocking. It's something you you kept an eye on this week. But Anthony D. Taylor, the junior running back, um, instead of getting down in the goal line and getting yourself three, four yards to get out, of the, get out of your own end zone, instead of throwing a little slant route to get yourself three, four yards against a crappy secondary, no, our, our, our geniuses on the sidelines, those play callers wearing black and gold, decide, no, we're going to run a delayed quarterback draw five yards deep in our own end zone. What the hell? Oh, that was the stupidest crap I've seen on a football field in a long time. As you can expect, I think you were scared. Tyler Vitt doesn't even – it's not on Tyler. It doesn't matter. You don't make that call in that situation even if you have Mike Vick back there. That's just stupid. Oh, well, no, I'm just saying, do you think uh, Vitt got back there and was like, oh, my gosh, I just – I don't think so. I don't he, know what's he, about to go. What's he took the snap, ran right up the middle, and – there was no room there. They they, they, that's the, they that's didn't walk very well. I would call that a Pete Carroll play right there. So then he tried to cut to the right to get because there was a little bit of a gap off to the right. It just swarmed him, and, and he got tackled right. He was like right on the line. They ruled him in the end zone. Um, to me, it's one of those things. The outcome of the play isn't so important. It's the fact that you called that play in that situation at that point in the game. It's just the stupidest crap I've seen. That's the most Texas State thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> y'all need a minute to, to absorb yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You gotta gotta sink it in real quick. A second, forgot where I was going. Okay, yeah, and then withers afterwards. So we know we didn't get a presser on Monday by a week. It's a standard. I know we we're upset. At, it's a standard. They normally don't do a bye week uh, a presser on your bye week. But after the game, we still get the post game conference. He says, uh, "I don't have the quote right in front of me." I'll see if I can find it. But you know it's what I'm talking about. Oh, I know. I, I was. I was furious. This, where, just, this just made where, it worse. Where, where he, bl- he essentially he blames Tyler Vitt on that play. He says um, that's a freshman mistake, knowing he has to get the ball in the end zone. When he's taking the snap two to three yards deep in the end zone, that's making it a little bit harder to get the ball out of the end zone. Uh, I don't know. How do you and, blame and, it on a true freshman quarterback? And, and how many times now have we seen this with Withers? Blames Tyler Vitt there. Uh, I think we've he's blamed him before. We've seen him in the past. Let's talk about when he came in and he had some uh, French Oni's kids uh, players. I don't like those guys. I don't like this person. I don't like him. He he's a coach who has not been taking accountability, and um, has just been throwing his players under the bus. Well, here's a quote: You go from a quarterback that's played some snaps in 2017 to a quarterback that's only played a handful of snaps in 2018. So you have to think about what you play call. If he's so young and you don't trust him, why put the ball in his hands? And then when he doesn't get out of the end zone, blame it on him. That is asinine. God, so frustrating. This is the this was the last straw for me, guys. This game, I've been optimistic. I have defended this team. I like Coach Withers. I really do. Um, I did. I did like Coach Withers. I don't dislike the guy as a person. I think he's a pretty decent gentleman doing his best to rebuild a program i i I just i don't know what to say i'm speechless i mean i i think he's just trying to keep his head above water 
at this point. I mean, a couple of losing. If you have to keep your head above water to coach a football team, you don't belong coaching a Division One football team. That's and there's all two key words that he there needs to is. input. I guess towards the running back coach and all the running backs. There's two key words. That is pass protection. I know me and Brendan were talking about that. We were watching like play by play of how many mistakes we've seen by I would say mainly one running back. And I mean about to put a uh, dude on blast. Well, well, yeah, see this is the thing. Oh, pass protection is extremely important for the running back. Obviously you have to run the ball, I mean everybody knows about that. But pass protection, especially nowadays with a spread offense, you need it. I mean, what are we like game we're like three, four weeks into this and we still can't block anybody? Here here. If if I had access to the whole replay of the game, I would go Which in. I've tried so hard to find. I would go in and break down more so, you know, so, so, so we have more to talk about and be more substantial, not mm-hmm. just look at the highlights. Because on the two highlights that I found on is uh, the on, score. it's yeah, it's on UTSA's uh, recaps because you know you see Texas State's mistakes there. I like watching other teams' recaps. Willie Jones's fumble in the first quarter, uh, blitz pickup up the middle. Tauefa, Anthony D. Taylor steps up, just gets completely. Yeah, he gets I, knocked basically right into him. No, right no, into no him. I think on that one, he just goes around He just him. whiffs. Yeah, yeah, he just whiffs on it. Anthony completely. Taylor gets his feet set, but he doesn't keep his feet moving, so Toefa just kind of throws a little, okay. get out of my way, so little, little child. And he's supposed to follow. He's supposed to get, he's supposed to get center gravity taking, and fall. If they're taking eight snaps collectively through the whole game and they're not blocking – what are they working on? In what practice? are they here for? Exactly, what are they like? Do, is anybody? Are they just chilling up in the up up in the AC, just being like, "Well, I know we're only going to take about ten snaps, it's like so the, we only get like two days." To it's work. like the pitchers in baseball practice. Like well, we, yeah, that we finished our bullpen. Thing. Let's just if they yeah. had if they had Coach Twelve as the running back coach. Well, the same thing on the on the uh, on the QB draw that results in a safety. It's Anthony Taylor in the backfield next to Tyler Vitt. You know, when you run a QB draw or QB run, your running back's your lead blocker. Yeah. Uh, Anthony D. Taylor steps up to be the blocker. Well, UTSA runs a, a stunt. The, the defensive lineman cross mm-hmm. uh, after the ball is snapped. So Anthony D. Taylor is faced with the task of blocking a 300-pound defensive lineman, and that's why he gets completely blown back. And I mean, they pretty read, much right they read in, that like a dime. Pretty much right in the title of it. So there, at first, uh, I put both these tweets in GIF form on my Twitter. Uh, They're really good you, tweets. Definitely you guys go check saw them. Peyton, you probably didn't because I don't think you followed me back yet. Uh, Oops. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> so it's, it's tough to ask a lot of, out of Anthony D. Taylor right there to block a defensive lineman. And once again, it simply comes down to the play call. You're, you Know your personnel. Yeah, I mean, and, and the whole quarterback draw thing is a whole other thing. I mean, how do you, again, how do you run 25 running plays and 15 of them are designed quarterback runs? How? how how do you expect to have a sustainable offense? We talked about this on on the last episode. Also, you're smart enough to do that a lot of like in a game, but you're not smart enough to know not to do that on the two yard line. You would think. I mean, I we know. talked about this last. We talked about this last week, right? I, don't know. I brought up the point: what happens if when you have an offense that is predicated, built around the quarterback draw, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the quarterback draw is your bread and butter. And then your number one quarterback, might as well call him a running back at this point, yeah. uh, a running back that throws, Willie Jones, gets hurt. He goes out. He's your best runner. Your number two comes in. He's a pure passer, not as much. I mean, Vic can run. Let's give him credit. He can, he yeah, can he's, move. He's, he's, uh, but he's not, you know, he's, he's a scramble out of the pocket and get five yards type of dude. He's not going to break off 50-yard runs. You don't, you, he's not a every-down runner like we like to use them like. 
So when Willie Jones goes out and you don't have that reliable, hey, we can run it with our quarterback, which you shouldn't be running with the quarterback in, in general. I'm just going to get that out there. But if that goes gone, if that's gone, what happens to your offense? We just found out. You know, it becomes one-dimensional. You're going to throw the ball because you haven't set your running backs up. I mean, how many running back design plays do you think we have? Probably like five. Like four or five? <laughs> A couple. Doesn't we have like about – we probably have two quarterback draws and we run them 50 times a game. I, I feel mean, like the only play that really worked for them was like running back screens. If you want to run the ball as much as this offense likes to run the ball, then we need to be lining up in the wishbone, in the pistol, running some PROs, some pass run options. I mean, because just running it the way we're running it right now with the cu- the occasional zone read and or design. Or at least a pro set. I mean, something that you, <laughs> you know, if you're going to run the ball as much as we do with our quarterbacks, you need to have a more designed offense to do that. Because the way the, the offense is set up, always in the shotgun, fits more of a Tyler Vitt type style. Air it out, throw the ball down the field with your big arm. Exactly. But if we were in the wishbone, you know, like you said, the pro, mm-hmm. something more designed for the pass run option, it would make more sense to go with Willie Jones. But we don't have that. I I think we could be really effective in uh, a pro offense just because, I mean, you have that – you can have, like, that motion between, like, both halfbacks. And, I mean, they could both block for you. Like, it doesn't – like, if you just really want to run with the quarterback and you just kind of get off on that kind of thing, you can just have both the running backs block for you instead of just one that's not doing a very good job. Um, so, I want to take away two things. Uh, uh, Tyler Vitt and Willie Jones are now a a three – a three quarters back, you know, because you get a half back and a quarterback. You put them together, and you got a three fourths back. Um, they I got like a, that. They got a new title. Uh, three fourths back. That's wor- what we're start calling I'm them. Still now. working yeah. on that in this yeah, offense. It's, it's a working title, back. and then uh, four words. A triple back. Um, Hutch White for QB. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the Joe Flacco's elite. It's just the Texas State version. Oh. You, call, you just call Keenan Brown the savior of the team. Wait, so I would I would honestly argue that Joe Flacco, we have or Willie Jones III is the Joe Flacco of our team. I mean, Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl. Willie Jones can't I even mean, beat South Alabama. So yes, yeah, <laughs> and he barely beats. I would Southern. I would argue and also say Joe Flacco. Well, he did do really good in that Super Bowl, but. Man, that dude chose. It's a whole other discussion. Oh, yeah. Let me pose this question to each y'all. I want to get y'all's – it's the, the typical, you know, high school question. Uh, here's the question. Give me your answer and why, okay? When you look at this UTSA loss, there's a lot of different takes you could take on this, obviously. You could be more on the player side. You could be more on the coach side. Start with you, Mark. Okay. Who do you blame for this UTSA loss and why? Who do I blame? Well, got to blame the head man. Got to blame, uh, you know – Put it it's on the guy, guy who won't ever take yeah. the blame himself. Yeah, we'll just put it on. I don't want to say his name because, you know, we have to go to their press conferences and stuff. So we already know who we're talking about. So we have to put it on him because apparently, like we said earlier, um, you can't rely fully on the quarterback to run the ball every game. You can't do that. And especially the play that we explained earlier is a, a good hint on why we can't do that. And we're deep at the running back position. And how are you going to lie about Robert Brown – not getting more carries. Like, he should have carried the ball at least five more times than he did today. Like, not today, but this past Saturday. That doesn't make any sense. And you got to work on pass protection. That's another thing. So, the offense looked pretty sloppy the entire game. There were so many mistakes. And then it's like we're running the same plays over and over again, expecting to make something out of it. Exactly. Uh, Peyton, who do you blame for this game? I blame Trump. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. No. Uh, honestly, like it's kind of hard to uh, look at it in a logical standpoint and blame. You can't really blame the players. They're out there doing their best, doing their jobs. Maybe they could use a little bit more motivation, but also they have to be given that motivation. That's a that's a coach's job. And like I don't know who is calling those plays per se. I mean, they do have an offensive coordinator there, so I'm assuming he does something on the sideline instead of stands there with a clipboard. You know, I'm sure he's uh, good at what he does. But at some point, someone there has to say what we're saying, but in a better form, you know, and be like, look, this style of play isn't working for us. It, it, it's not even a good style of play for college football, if you think about it. it if we ran this, like, and we had an effective quarterback that can throw the ball, say Vitt is in his third year, two years down the line, and we're running, like, Texas Tech's offense. Like, a good air out. Like, we have the wide receivers to do it. High scoring game. We, we do have, have the wide receivers to do it. we have a better – I would argue we have a better defense than Tech right now just because – if you oh, we need them, a pass rush. We don't have a pass rush right now. We don't have a pass rush. But Frankie Griffin needs to get like eight more sacks. We, I mean, we're in the Sun Belt. We're not in the Big 12, so that's okay for right now. All I'm saying is, yes, I agree with Mark, and it's hard to agree with anything else after seeing the play that we talked about earlier. It's, the dreaded play. It, it almost questions their... Mm, I want to put this right. Um, being insane is the act of doing something the same time in the same way. I know what you go for. Expecting different results. It's doing the same thing over oh, and over. Oh, I like that. Expecting different I results. like that. That's the definition of insanity. Yeah, I like that. That is the definition of insanity. And I think they're a little bit insane. I'm uh, sorry. And I agree with the uh, – wait, who was it that said that we're uh, atrocious? Who was it? It was um, – Mike Rackpo, the former linebacker here. I agree with him. I agree. We, we can use that. We can definitely, we can definitely use that. Well, uh, he, he didn't say we were atrocious. He was talking about the UTSA secondary. Yeah, they really were. He was I saying mean, the UTSA secondary was atrocious and we should have attacked it more. They had a former walk-on cornerback that had a, a pick, Clayton Johnson. I mean, we have a couple former walk-ons on our team, but neither of them did anything in that game. So, uh, <laughs> Brendan, what are your thoughts? Well, if I'm having to put the blame on someone, I'm leaning – it's easy right now. We all keep saying ever whether the head coach, whether it's we can say his name, we, even Zach Cooper. We, 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 yeah, it, it's ever withers doesn't have that much to do with the offense. He's a, he was a former defensive back coach. If if you're mad at, wouldn't be mad at withers. Be mad at him for the defense. That that's what it is. If you're a defense, if you came from a defensive background, you focus more on the defense. I've I heard think our defense did well. Yeah, exactly, personally. exactly. So if you have a problem on the offense, you lean offense coordinator, all, all the offensive coaches. If I'm the offensive running back coach, oh, which is also the offensive coordinator, uh, I'm pushing to get the running backs more carries. But that's not how, how that has been shaping out. So anyone that's in a part of the offensive staff needs to all be taking blame, and. I don't even know what else to say to them because it just—it all just makes no sense. Yeah, I you, know, on that. you have you wait, you have you have coming this season. What we keep talking about in the early podcasts of the summers, Bobcats, the playmakers we wanted to see on the outside: Tyler Watts, uh, Javen Banks, Jeremiah Haydell, Caleb Twyford moving to running back excited us. Obviously, Keenan Brown, Hutch White, Mason Hayes. We talked about all those guys as they could be pretty solid weapons on the outside. 
Why, why aren't they getting the ball? If, why if, are we running quarterback to, draws? Yeah, if you're supposed to have all these weapons, and, and then that includes your running back group of Anthony D. Taylor and Robert Brown, why are you just putting so much on one player? It it baffles me. And you wonder why they only stay a couple years. Well, and the thing is, like, we've seen Javon Banks do some exciting things. We've seen T.J. Bedford make some good plays. Uh, Jeremiah Haydell was a solid player last year. He's made a couple plays this year. We haven't even seen Jacoby Hopkins yet who was the top guy in the class last year at wide receiver. So I, I do agree with what you're saying. I'm Brendan. It's a, it's a good take. Why did we hear so much about the talent on the team? And then we're not, not using it effectively. Yeah, I, that, that's what we're most excited about. Go listen to the first and second episodes of spit talk. That's what we're talking about. The receivers, yeah. receivers, receivers. And if the offense was just three quarters, as good as the defense, I mean, we'll have a heck of a team. Think about it. And, and this is not a slide on Hutch white. Hutch white's a great receiver. But Hutch White is more of a possession type receiver. He's more of a if you're to give him an NFL comparison, it's it's a Cole Beasley type guy. Just the slot, run your slant, catch it, get as much, get as far as you can. He's not going to make big plays. It's just not his thing. Um, TJ, that's what TJ Bedford's for. That's what Keenan Brown's for. That's what Jeremiah Haydell. Uh, I just don't think we're like Britton said. We're just not effectively using all of our weapons, guys. Uh, now that we've lost two really close games. Two games that probably ultimately should have been won. Mm-hmm. South Alabama, you can almost chalk it up to injury uh, in a little bit because, in in a way, because I mean Willie Jones got hurt, and of course it went back to the whole relying on the quarterback draw. Once he can't run, you have no offense. Uh, so I, I mean, guess they ran him until he got hurt. Literally, they ran him into the dirt, and then they were amazed that he's hurt why this I said week. They had that game, but it's like, how do you? <laughs> I don't know. How do you have an offense? When the quarterback is so important to an offense, how do you run an offense that's all constantly putting him in danger? And what I what I don't like about them running that like quarterback draw so much is that he can do that so well, like he's good at it. So why are you whipping it out so much? You know, like it it becomes less effective. Um, it like you see him do a really big fifty yard run, and then obviously the defense is going to be waiting for that. Absolutely. Every single time Absolutely. because they know he can do that. They're like, now. oh, we'll just put two. Uh, we'll put you know, we'll put Tawefa on a quarterback spy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it will either blitz him or have him on a quarterback spy. And if you scramble to the right, Tawefa is going to scramble to the right. You ain't going to get around Tawefa. But if you run the ball enough, Tawefa has got to worry about the ball carrier. So then he can't focus on the quarterback. You just got to catch him off guard. Exactly. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. We did not. And what did we say two weeks ago? If you keep burning the quarterbacks, you're, you're, hurt. you're asking for them to get hurt. And look so what happened. Two weeks in a row. Tyler Vitt. I'll tell you what. Tyler Vitt was taking some shots, man. And this dude is tough. He's just We're just lucky he didn't catch an ankle wrong or something. Yeah. But Tyler Vitt was getting killed out there, and he was hanging in there. I mean, uh, but it just goes to show. When you run an offense like this, you're just asking for it. And, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, it's another stupid comment, but, uh, I mean, you know how he's taking shots, right? Just like the old man saying, I can do this all day. Cap style. I mean, he played well. He showed some. He showed some toughness. But man, you just—it's so frustrating. Uh, looking at the schedule going forward, now that we've seen what this team is also is capable capable of positively and what they're capable of negatively, because we've seen this as a team that has a decent offense when everything's going well. Uh, when we're not doing stupid things like running quarterback draws in round two, uh, can put up decent points. You scored thirty points against South Alabama. You put up twenty against UTSA. Thirty-six against Texas Southern. Having pretty pretty good offensive numbers, outside of the nonstop quarterback draws that are getting your dudes hurt. Um, so we have a bye week this week. So there will be another Texas State Spit Talk before 
Louisiana. That's why we're not previewing that game a ton because next week we can focus on previewing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week is just a kind of a. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts and recaps on that well, stupid game down in San Antonio. Just Those guys a little bit. I know we, we all need to. Too. The, we get to watch the Raging Cajuns uh, lose to Alabama by a long shot. Louisiana is not having a great year. The Raging Cajuns are not as good as they've been in the past. We will play them on Family Weekend, October sixth, here in San Marcos. That's a winnable game. I really is. I, I, I think that's that's one of the games. I think we have a shot at winning. So if we're gonna go. Th- what is it? Three and nine, three and ten. This is the game to get one of those three wins. <coughs> yeah, uh, there you go. I'm not getting my hopes up. Next, the following week, you have Georgia Southern on a Thursday here in That's town. That's a quick turnaround. Uh, Georgia Southern, yeah, it'll be so the two home games. Two home games in a row, yeah, yeah, about six turnaround. days apart. Georgia Southern, I don't think that's a game we can win. I saw Georgia Southern. I forgot who they were playing. Interesting. Was it Ole Miss? But they didn't exactly look overwhelmed. I mean, they they lost by about thirty points, but Georgia Southern has some players. We gotta look at when we're gonna record that podcast. That game's on a Thursday. We might have to release it a little early that week. We, we will record on like a. We're actually gonna record it live at, at the game. Yo, uh, that sounds like a blast. That, that yeah, too much of really blast. <laughs> then you blast. go. <laughs> then you go on the road, to Louisiana Monroe. Uh, no, I think that's that. a winnable one as well. We'll see. We'll see about that one. Um, that one will be a test. New Mexico State. Now, I think they have a shot of beating them. New Mexico State. No, I really New do. I really do. No, New Mexico yeah, State is very bad. New that is, is that is worst. that is homecoming. The, that's probably the worst team they're going to play this season. That's homecoming, and they will be wearing the throwbacks. Wearing the throwbacks. Well, that's going to be a great weekend. There's also rumors of a certain banner. It's going to be flying we play around. Last year on our homecoming, and we were supposed to win. I mean, your homecoming is your worst team that you have to play, so you can have a good win and everybody's happy. But we got smoked last year on our homecoming, and I don't remember who. We got smoked just about every week. I, I, was there, I don't know if it was. I got you. I'll go pull it Rice? up for you. Uh, no, I don't. No. Uh, no, 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 no. If we're trying to find our weakest link on that last <laughs> schedule, it's not going to be Rice. The weakest link. I, think Ri- I don't even know if we played Rice last year. No, homecoming didn't. was New Mexico, Mexico State, State, and we, they beat us by 10. Yeah. So, so like it, I it said. It was 45-35. It was a shootout. It was a shootout. It's we a shootout, better defense but this year. They w- Shoot. When you – like I said, when you play your homecoming team in high school, especially and college, you play the team that's the worst, and even that team knows that they're the worst. But I guess that yeah, I guess it's an under. <laughs> why are we other teams' homecomings very often? Well, I don't. <laughs> you never know. I mean, we could be we under the road games. So, we just don't so know about when it. y'all look at the next five games: Louisiana, Georgia Southern, Louisiana Monroe, New Mexico State, Georgia State. How many of those do you think a are winnable? B, we actually win. No, I don't see this is a thing. Um, Depends on if we keep running the same offense. If We're going to so run the same offense. It's a question so, of I say it's two for, uh, two for three. Two for five. Two for three, yeah. Two for three. And if we up our offense, I think we can come away with, like, I, I think if they just let a more balanced offense, let Vit, Vic, Vit throw the ball and uh, give it to Anthony Taylor more because he's probably hungry. Then I'll get out. Um, I think we could walk away with four wins. I don't know about ULM, though, because ULM played uh, Troy pretty tough, and Troy's a pretty good team. Now, ULM's the one I, I think we'll probably lose out of those five. I think Georgia State's not too bad this Georgia year either. Southern, uh, Georgia Southern will be a – are we playing them jo- at home? Jo- Georgia State's one and three, and their one win came against Kennesaw, and that win, that final score was 24-20. Where is so that, that one's winnable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying Sounds to remember like who Georgia Southern played, but they, they when they played them, I saw, like, man, Georgia Southern has some talent. They have some decent players up front. I believe their quarterback is just one of those dual threat guys. Uh, which they play more they, often they, nowadays. They, they played Clemson and lost thirty eight to seven. Clemson, that's that's the game I was watching. So I was like, yeah, they did yeah, not. I t- I, I they were clearly they were clearly not as good week. of a team. But yeah. I mean, they beat South Carolina State. 
and then they beat UMass pretty handily. So Georgia State, Georgia Southern might be a tough one. Yeah. So I don't think we'll win that one. I think Louisiana's winnable. Georgia Mexico, Southern's probably uh, New a New Mexico loss. State too. New Mexico uh, State and New Mexico Louis- State's winnable. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I say two more wins. I'm gonna go three for two on that. I think we could win those three games. I'll tell you what though. Appalachian State, nope. Troy, Arkansas State, you're not winning those last three. No. So so after uh, Georgia State, just you might as well just play uh, Eminem when I'm gone because that's about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel bad two of those last three games at home of that. Was it the Troy and Arkansas State game at home? Oh, no, Troy, Troy is oh, oh, App, App, yeah. yeah, App State. Oh, Troy's going to smash us to yeah, App State. What if we State won, though? Wouldn't that smash be Smash Brothers. It depends on how much we improve from now until I mean, then. It's not forget last year we, did, we didn't think we had a chance because of App State. And then once again, what? Lose, Hung with them. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we lost by seven, and we were down yeah, on the Every game is run. different, too. That was another that stupid out. play, too, wasn't it? I don't remember exactly what it was, but. A slant short of the end zone with no time left. Yeah, that's right. I want to throw it, throw it into the end zone. Uh, I'm sure we would have ranted a year ago. All right. Every game is different. So, I'm looking at Arkansas State. They beat Southeast Missouri State. Woo. Uh, and then they lost Alabama by a lot. And then they beat Tulsa 29-20. Tulsa almost beat Texas. So. Yeah, they did. And uh, then, of course, then they got smashed by Temple. So, I don't know if that speaks more to Texas being weird or Tulsa being decent. Texas, Texas is, is in a weird, weird city. They're in a weird city. So. And then they beat UNLV uh, 27-20. So, none of those wins are super impressive. How's Alabama get away playing two Sun Belt teams? And are we lucky that we keep dodging them? We've talked about that <laughs> yeah. before. I mean, it, it could also be a. It could You're also right. be a. Right. I think it would be oh, nice to right. play them honestly because it would get some. It would get some rep. I mean, see, you'll see some people just. You would be. You'd be. On, you'd be on national TV. You'd be. You, on the you, end. you lose by forty points, but people get this chance you to be like, "Wow, you were like, wow." I'm pretty sure you'll make that road trip to Tuscaloosa. You'd be like, "Wow." I mean. People will watch me like oh, the Tyler Vitt dude doesn't look terrible, here, but I doubt it. I feel I feel like there would be more Alabama bandwagoners show up than actual Texas State fans at the stadium. If Goodness. if that game was played <laughs> here, there would be more red by far than there would be maroon, and that's oh, just yeah. the sad truth. There's a bunch that's of red in so Texas. Yeah, that's one of those. There's a lot of Alabama fans so here in, this, uh, in our own state. Alabama would never come here. No, they we're, we're they too wouldn't. small. It's, it's just too small venue. Our stadium is like. Half to I mean, half, hey, it might be smaller than that. You, you you notice when those big schools play those small teams, mo- it's always at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they have to pay Texas State to play. I I forgot what upset uh, happened uh, like two weeks ago, but they paid UNT Arkansas. Yeah, yeah Arkansas. Yeah. There's a couple paid of them. UNT uh, like a million dollars to go and basically upset. Or you can look yeah. back like, on wow. Appalachian State. Who, That's Penn State, Michigan, yeah, they, Michigan. Yeah, mm-hmm. the back back. Like, that was like oh six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to actually go ahead and jump to San Marcos Rattlers. Because uh, Brendan and I, you you and I cover San Marcos. You, man, you were a trooper last week. You were sick. Uh, back up, went, went up there at East Central. You still did the broadcast. You you handed the play-by-play duties to me, which was a blast. Uh, you're going to be doing it again this week. So you're taking back. I still sniffle a little bit, but I, I don't have my fevers anymore. Uh, we're going to be back here in San Marcos tomorrow to take on the Judson Rockets. Ooh, that's, that's a fun uh, one for me to take back. That's Ooh. an L. We're we are, we are, <laughs> well, he, I don't even want to so much focus on the game because we all know this one's not going to go well. Uh, Judson is what fifth ranked team in the state. Yep. Uh, I I'm a big Aggie fan as we know here on the show. And the guy, one of the guys on their team, Demarvin Leal, he's a four star defensive end. He's a five star on some websites. Six foot eight, two fifty. And I'm telling you, bros, what? this Bro, dude is a James monster. Size. I've watched his tape. He's a freak. And Six eight two fifty. So like he's like he plays defensive. T- he he moves back from DT to defensive. He's probably end. like he's like he's LeBron James. 
in bro, college. Bro, holy I cow. Watch, watch his tape. He looks like a giant. He looks like a senior in high school playing against Pop Warner players. Like, that's how big this Man, dude what's is. What's his name again? DeMarvin Leal. DeMarvin Leal. DeMarvin Leal. He'll run Le- LeBron James over. I mean, they're the same size. The same, yeah, same size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. Uh, so, we don't focus so much on the game. Sam Marcus is one in three coming into this one. I'll tell you what, Brendan. I thought if we beat East Central, I was like, well, we still have a decent chance of at least 500 season. After losing to East Central, a team that had some talent, but I thought we were clearly the better team. Uh, going, I thought we were the better loss. team going into it. There, there are good losses. That was not a good loss. It was not a good loss. Uh, there was a rain delay, but I can't really attribute are it to that. Um, well, you mean a hard-fought game, and you're like, man, came up short. This one, you go in. East Central's a team they beat 28 to nothing a year ago. And then you come in this year, you lose, what, 35? 31 31 So it wasn't terrible, but it's a team you have to win if you want any shot at making the playoffs in this district. Uh, I don't know if there's another team. New Braunfels is winnable. Um, Canyon's winnable. The Canyon's winnable. You need to win two to get in, right? Two to get in? Or is it three? Uh with, does it depend? With, with, with this district, I mean, it depends. You got to finish fourth in district. I mean, uh, yeah, y'all have. Uh, <laughs> you definitely, if you even want a shot, got to beat New Braunfels. And that's, and that's tough. And yeah, and then you is uh, Steele in y'all's district. Yep. Also? Yeah, oh, but look, I'm looking at the schedule. It says you guys. I don't know if Max Preps is correct, but it says it, you guys played Steele twice. No, one of those are bye week. One of them is a bye week. Oh, Ho- I'm about to say, yeah. hopefully I'll find that out with Soto tomorrow. Max Preps does that. I believe it is the. I'll have to look at. It. I was looking at it earlier this week, and I, I figured out which one 12. it was. I believe the fifth is the bye week, and the so, twelfth. Right, is the so game. after this game, I think so. I, I might be incorrect, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yes. Um, so, okay. So some of the te- other teams in their district. So we know they got Judson tomorrow or tonight when you listen to it. S- then they go at Steel or bye week, whatever. Then at Steel, then at Clemens. Then Clemens you, is another team that could theoretically beat. Then you get New Braunfels at Smithton Valley and Canyon, and don't forget, if I'm not mistaken. Was it Clemens that beat Smithson Valley last week? I think I, so. I thought, I, you know, Smithson Valley is kind of Smithson Valley has Levi Williams, the four-star quarterback recruit to Houston. So uh, that's a, if they're able to knock them off, it's impressive. Yeah, they, yeah Clemens beat them 19-13. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I think San Marcos still uh, – we talk about it every week, man, but they just haven't quite found that identity offensively. They just haven't. I mean, I mean, they just I, moved into a, a new district that is – Probably. No, I mean, they moved into a new district. The best districts. They moved into a new district with an entirely new team. Suddenly, new quarterback, mostly new receivers, other than Myson Williams. Suddenly, I miss playing Bowie <laughs> with <laughs> yeah, this right? district. With yeah. <laughs> Bowie and Pierce Withers, who was now Texas State. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a tough district, and they, if it's starting to look more and more like making the playoffs, if you're the San Marcos Rattlers, it might be very difficult. Uh, going into this one. At least be competitive. Judson has at least three or four D1 recruits on the roster. We might have one if Jamon Johnson can finally get some respect. Uh, uh, notable to mention today, I sent you a tweet earlier. I you did. Know, you Mark Velasquez, the uh, it's, it's, a, it's a small offer, but you know we got to give all of our guys some credit. Mark Velasquez, the big six-foot, 305-pound center. Whoa. He's he, not very he, tall, but he's big. Yeah, but you, can t- you look at him, you just, whoa. That, uh, he's, the, he's the largest dude out there. Uh he got an offer today from the Whitt- Whittier College. It, it was what? some what? school I'd never heard of. We well, still got to give him the hand clap like uh, Hurricane Chris. I don't, I don't know. If, uh, e- either you two are familiar with the school? Whittier College. I'm pretty sure they're D two. What? 
Is there ma- um, their mascot or logo? It says Whittier College Poets. Uh, the Poets. The I'm po- immediately <laughs> not they committing got, there. They got that poetic justice like Kendrick. Cut. <laughs> that was actually a good one. I'm actually kind of, I like that one. I like that. Yeah. That was a good there you one. Go. There you go. Little, little, little Do we bump. get to talk Boom. about the Cowgirls now? <laughs> Let's move on to the NFL. Before we <laughs> get to the in. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> before okay. we get to the Dallas okay. Cowboys. Cowboys. Peyton, you're going to like this. Okay, cool. Hey, Calvin Ridley is stud. Calvin Ridley, I just picked him up in fantasy. I, think he's I, in, I, I put year. him on the waiver where I didn't get him. Because I got him. Sadly. No, Wookie, not, not on ours. Oh, uh, okay. Blast directly. Um, Baker Mayfield. D- Boom. To be fair, to be fair, like, like to put to play counters dev, counter devil's advocate a little bit, didn't score a touchdown. Didn't score any touchdowns. Uh, led his team to a touchdown. Didn't score the touchdown. Didn't throw for any touchdowns. Didn't run for any touchdowns. I mean, he ran it in when he, he got to, like, there's only on the three-yard line. I mean, he could have thrown what? it, I guess. He, he caught a two-point conversion. Caught a two-point conversion. That and then, was and then swagged all over <laughs> yeah. Oakland. Uh, was it Oakland? Wait, no, no, Jets. 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 New York. Yeah, New York yeah. and Sam Darnold. That's right. Oakland's uh, coming up. Uh, so. The real test. But the thing I know, as soon as Baker Mayfield took the field, the Cleveland Browns weren't the Cleveland Browns anymore. I, did y'all get that feel too? No, I, it was like an it, energy. As I was Joe, watching the game, change. I was like, "This isn't the Browns." Yeah, because Joe Buck kept saying it every two seconds. Did <laughs> you say that? <laughs> Joe Buck. The, the, the whole energy thing, right? sound off. But, uh, <laughs> well, I wasn't even so much. Feel. I wasn't even so much the energy. It was more so just like the team. Like they looked confident. I mean, Jarvis Landry was like making one-handed grabs and jumping over people. Oh yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield was throwing absolute bullets through double coverage. And I, yeah, and like he was looking so smooth and flawless in the pocket. And bro, I, he had swag like I dripping down his pants. I keep saying this over yeah, really and over did. again that like people just want to compare him to Mr. Manziel, but no, this man is like a new and like improved Drew Brees. Here's, uh, like here's what Drew I say: Brees first Ooh. came in the league when he first came in the league from what Vanderbilt. Uh, Purdue, Purdue, the <laughs> other same color. Um, well, here's what I, you just they, mentioned. They how would, he he had like the same kind of play style. Like he had that scramble, but he like stayed in the pocket, super consistent. Yeah, and was throwing just bullets. Yeah, he really was. Okay. You 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 mentioned how people compare him to Johnny Benzel, and you hate that. Well, the way I see this, an as an Aggie, I think Baker Mayfield is a Johnny Manziel that loves the game of football. That that was the biggest difference. Johnny Manziel. Instead didn't love the game of football. He loved partying and, and you know, Skipping like you just said, can, nose camp, candy. Yeah. And it took him a few years to realize where his priorities weren't, weren't straight. Baker Mayfield comes in, very similar player, very mobile, has a good arm, undersized. I, I think what has but he loves the game of football. He has fun. When he heard that Cleveland fans had opened the fridges, he yelled, dilly dilly, like on live TV. <laughs> yeah. How do you not love this dude? And the, no, oh, there's no reason to hate him. What I think a big factor is is – when he was like when he got drafted first round, even before the there was all the hype and nonsense all over ESPN, that I'm sure he saw just as much as we all saw that they were comparing him to Johnny Manziel. Like you know, it was like a thing. Like it was like a like a really so big. So comparing thing. him to the, like off the field Johnny, and not so much on. Well, the Well, yeah, huh? off the field, and I mean, even he has a kind of a little bit of play style. I feel like he's very has similar play style. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think he has a better arm than Johnny Manziel. Ooh, I don't know. Personally, no, he does. I mean, Johnny better. could throw the ball down the field when he was in. His but prime, accuracy but. is key. Regardless, regardless, um, didn't Baker? I feel like that got to him, and he was, and I think he even said this. He said, "No, like I'm not gonna like go down that road. Like I'm gonna learn." Basically, he's got his head on straight. His mistakes, yeah, because if people are like judging you and comparing you to this person, well, the one thing you're not gonna be is that person. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I think if, if anything, he gives Cleveland fans like a reason to actually watch the games now because. 
you give Baker Mayfield, who seems to be a decent quarterback. He played well in that game. I mean, he's got he's got he's accurate. He makes the right reads. Uh, I think he almost threw a pick. It really should have been picked off in the end zone. But we, we'll, we'll just push that I to mean, the side. He but he threw it so hard that it just hit him in the chest, and he like couldn't even. Grab but it regardless, him. regardless, he threw it into the defender's arms. Um, but <laughs> Baker comes in. This is an offense that has weapons. I mean, Jarvis Landry, David Nyoku, uh, Antonio Tim Callaway, Tim. the the rookie. This is an offense that. Carlos Hyde, I mean, looks like a really good running back. I was oh, yeah. really oh, surprised. He's, been, he's, really he's, well. he's got some bounce to him. I'm, so. really, tra- I'm really sad I traded him. So uh, Cleveland now all of a sudden has an offense. They have a defense. How good is this team going to be? I don't think they win any more than six games this year. But it at least gives you a reason to like turn on a Cleveland Browns game. Oh, yeah. And think I, I, there's something to see them make a There's some kind of content to watch. Because Baker has that personality. Like You kind of want to watch him. Exactly. And, I mean, he... And he's good. He sells tickets and he wins thing games. Is I was, and what's cool is I was watching him and Sam Darnold in the same game, like in the same kind of scenario. But Sam Darnold looked way more upright. He looked jagged. like a rookie. Yeah, he looked jagged. <laughs> Baker Mayfield did not look like a rookie. And if you come out in the middle of a game that you're down in, like like take Vit for example, it kind of like back and forth. Like that's a good comparison. But Baker definitely – let me real quick. They did way better. Than let, me, let me real quick defend Sam Darnold and the Jets a little bit. They were playing their third game in no, ten that's days. Fair. That's fair. I blame Th- third game in ten yeah. days. I hold them quick on jump. the defense in the more NFL. Than the wow. That's absurd. No, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's why people hate Thursday night games, right? It's because mm-hmm. of that stupid. And, and it, it the, and up week one or week yeah week one they had the Monday night game. Mm-hmm. They went Monday night, then Sunday, and then that uh, following Thursday. That, that's just absurd, especially for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, you're not wrong. Uh, so you have to keep that in the, into mind, but still, still a big still a win. Still a lot of experience. For, and <laughs> I, I, I do want to throw this out with Sam Darnold. I see, when I see Sam Darnold, I see Jared Goff. Jared Goff's first year came in, had Not all the tools, it. but just didn't quite have it. You well, know, you he just didn't quite understand. <laughs> then he comes in the second year, has a pretty good year. I mean, he just learned the offense, learned how to play NFL ball. Well, you, you lose Jeff Fisher and get the best offensive we'll, line. We'll be able to that see, does help. That we'll does help. see a little bit that more of him, so – yeah, I think Sam yeah, we'll Donald, it's not too early. I liked what I saw. I think Josh Rosen finally getting some playing time in Arizona. It was just – I'm not exactly a big Josh hey, Rosen fan, I, but – Okay, I'm a big Josh Rosen fan. But you see where they put him in the game? Like the last four minutes? Yeah, with four apparently, minutes down two. Apparently they were planning to put him in earlier, but they just couldn't get the, the ball back. So they, they he was going to go in at like the eight-minute mark, ten-minute mark, but they just never had the ball. Four minutes so. down two. What what a time to get thrown into the fire! Oh really? oh oh! Also against the Chicago Bears with Ka- with right. Khalil Mack <laughs> tearing apart everybody. Uh, so let's get to oh, the Cowgirls. Um, well, you know what's let's funny? get to what, the Dallas Cowboys. What's funny is uh, you know what? Wait, wait, real quick, was, wait wait no, real quick. We are so nice to the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> we are so nice to the Cleveland okay. Browns on this show. We're like all on board. <laughs> and I you do like nothing with calling the Cowgirls. The I'm gonna point. start calling them the Cleveland yeah, Turds just because you call us the Cowgirls. Okay. Come on. <laughs> I haven't said nothing okay, bad about neither team. Okay, the Cowboys. Um, Thank you. My bad. Put some respect uh, on my name. Okay, so I really wasn't going to write anything. I was just going to kind of like, you know, go along with what I know. So my first bullet is, I don't know why it's even a topic. You summed it up pretty good with the notes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what I meant by that. But, and then I went on just a roasting spree, and I actually have more notes about this than any other thing on my thing. Uh, my first thing is, I think Dak would be really good with the Bills. I just want Dak to a okay. I, was, I brought this I'm up. Just kidding. I'm, I'm going to point. Joke. <laughs> I want to point this out to you. I want to point this out to you. Okay, because uh, you you tweeted something, and that's just what made me think about this. Uh, Dak came in was oh. so good his first year. So good. I mean, 
didn't make turnovers, showed accuracy. Yeah, that underdog thing that yeah, I just, mean played a, well. It was throwing the deep ball. Maybe the pressure of Romo behind him. And then the second year he shows up. And it's almost like he's a completely different human. He he chokes under pressure. He turns the ball over. He can't throw freaking out routes. I mean, he there was plays where Des Bryant's what six three, six two. Dak would throw it a mile over his head mm-hmm. on a on a on a curl route. I'm like, how are you overthrowing? And Des is an athlete. He can jump, and you still overthrow him. I yeah, he has a pretty big uh, radius to where he can catch the ball. And, and my man, what, I just want to figure out what is going on with my man Dakota. I mean, is he feeling the pressure of being America the quarterback for America's team? Is that it? Is he is there something at home going on? I mean, is I I, I just don't understand how you make such a complete 180 from your rookie. I've never seen a guy reach his peak as a rookie. And it, and look, you look at look look at uh the first guy that comes to mind, Robert Griffin. But the reason he went downhill is because of injuries. He was injured, so he was never able to fully get back to himself. Dak Prescott hasn't had any injuries. He's had all he's, this. He's been healthy the whole time. The team so. got, but you could argue it's gotten better since he was there, other than losing some some. And, and the wide receiver situation is a whole nother topic. Well, yeah, they're a bunch of bumps, other than Cole Beasley. But um, I've never seen a quarterback regress this badly from season one instead of progress. Real quick, I don't know if you guys saw this. Quick little blind resume. Two players. Okay, one of them is Dak. But you're not going to the other player. Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> you I've did. seen this. And this makes me beyond okay. mad. Dak Prescott stats over the last 13 games. Mark Payton paid attention. Oh, I think I've seen this also. 2,396 yards, 10 touchdowns, 11 picks. That's 10 passing touchdowns, not including rushing. Player B is player uh, stats over the last 13 games. 2,326 yards, so, you know, 70 fewer yards. 11 passing TDs, one more than Dak. 12 INTs. One more than Dak. It's uh, it's uh, uh, the greatest heist in the NFL. Rhymes with Locke Bosweiler. <laughs> no freaking Bro- way. Brock Osweiler has Brock identical Osweiler. stats to Dak Prescott over his last thirteen games. When Brock Osweiler, wait, I don't even wait, know, I don't even remember he played last year. Was he in Houston? Where was Brock Osweiler last year? Who knows? I, I, he's a backup. <laughs> he, was he, was a backup. Uh, he was in Denver. He was the backup of Denver. He was in Denver. Well, he was in Denver. on the discussion of you know. Uh, Looking, may, I'm not saying looking for a new Cowboys quarterback, but I heard Jay Cutler is uh, looking for a team. Tony Romo just said <laughs> he feels. <laughs> Tony Romo just said on Twitter he feels fine enough to play right now. So oh, there we go. Hey, number nine, or, you want to put the number uh, nine back on? Or you could probably trade Zeke for one of Belichick's no. clones. No, I, come on, Zeke's our only Zeke's clones. our only good player. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke, you could get two, Zeke is the only good player. You could not probably get a clone of Edelman and Brady for Zeke. Honestly, Zeke and Zach Martin are the only good players I on get, that offense. I right would now. say Gronk, but I feel like Cowboys and Gronk don't go well together. Sure, they would. I'll say Gronk. For me, I'd rather have Gronk than Jake. But well, you can't. That's not really a comparison. He's out. He's out. Though he's out. He's out. Y'all could get. Y'all could trade Dak for Joe Flacco and then possibly make him. "Quote unquote elite." No, here, here here's what <laughs> I'm thinking. Hold on, hold on. Now getting somewhere. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Here, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay, we just we trade. I don't know a cracker for Patrick Mahomes, and boom, a cracker. Boom, fixed it. <laughs> Dude, he's on. He's on. A, he's on track for. He's Bro, Patrick one Mahomes. Now if he keeps it up, he could do what the Chiefs always do, and they like they spend like four weeks in Hawaii and just not playing football, and they lose like five in a row. And then they that's, yeah, that's have they to fight their way back in the playoffs. They do this every year. It, it's a Kansas City thing. So I don't <laughs> want to call him like an MVP pick yet. 
but he's having a great year. Um, I played a guy in fantasy two weeks ago who, who had him on his bench and I was like trying to trade for him, but then he scored 40 points and he wouldn't trade him to me after that. So, <laughs> Dude, he, yeah, he's, I, I even kind of picked him to be, uh, the MVP this year just because I saw him play attack and I really didn't know if he was going to be able to execute, but his first game of the season, he played exactly like he played in college. And I was like, yep, he's, yeah, he's a hundred percent in. Uh, oh, what I want to go back, kind of backtracking uh, just a sec. Back to the Cowboys. Um, I mean, yeah, the Cowboys. But uh, Troy Aikman kind of talked trash about uh, uh, Dak Prescott oh, always on does. the Dallas uh, Morning News. No, I'll tell you this. With Troy Aikman, no Dallas Cowboy, according to Troy Aikman, no Dallas Cowboy can ever be as good as Troy Aikman was as a Dallas Cowboy. Very true. Um, he said yeah, Dallas. That's, that's he said Dallas has always been good at the pass, even when Demarco Murray was number one in the league in rushing yards. Uh, they were still ranked top three at that point. Romo should win the that season. Oh, now they can't execute. It's just like after yeah, exactly after you said his rookie season, nothing. They have like literally it's ended a like decade long streak for the Cowboys being ranked in like top five in passing, or maybe or maybe yeah. a little bit less than decade, but. It's mind-boggling. I just yeah. don't. I don't understand how a quarterback takes They've such a three-sixty. Good quarterbacks. That's, that's not even just good quarterbacks. Just good playmakers. I, look, I hated Until Tony Romo. Romo. Not gonna front. Shout out to my best friend Jonathan. He loves him more than anything in this world. Still thinks he's the best quarterback to ever play for Dallas. Well, weirdly enough, I think Stallback. it's I think it's Stallback. But um, I even thought Tony Romo was pretty good, and especially because he had the stats to show for it. He was just a little what's about his pinky. You know, and he would have won a Super Bowl if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers and his superhuman abilities to beat everybody I on mean, one leg. Do, this, this and, and yeah, we'll Des not making on that Aaron catch. Aaron Rodgers another time. Uh, I just want to watch him throw a few more Hail Marys this year, and then we can kind of just like explode on like a segment about this man. And but we can just use uh, Stephen A. Smith. He's a bad man. You know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is, is from another world. That's all. That's he all. Really he just loses. He's from Titans. He's from Titans. Here's, he's from the Thanos here's, here's like, what I want to ask you. Here's what I want to ask you, Brandon. The Redskins. Okay. Can the Dallas Cowboys even finish 500 at this point? Yeah, they still. They, 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 I forgot before the season when I went through the schedule. I had them winning round. 10, maybe 11 games. I definitely had to win the Panther game. And uh, I thought the Seahawks game was possible to win. I had it flipped. I thought I thought the Panther game was kind of a toss-up. The Seahawks game, I thought they'd win. The Seahawks looked bad. Uh, and they have been bad. That's the thing. It's just so okay, frustrating. But the offense has just been the that NFL bad. The NFL has been very and, weird this year. Oh, extremely. There, like, there's no consistency, Not hardly. Somehow, Derek Carr is bad. bad now, too. I don't understand. Minnesota is bad now, which I always yeah. thought they were kind of bad. But they did. I mean, it gets cold like really Minnesota. Defense, but <laughs> they got Yachty. trashed on by a team that really, really shouldn't have lost to. What was it? Josh Allen hurdled a good dude. Exactly. The Bills. <laughs> Josh uh, Allen's like the your prototypical like packet pocket passer dude, and now he's hurdling no, he, people. He's extremely. The athletic. Dolphins are undefeated. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill's good what? again. Uh, what, uh, what is going real quick, on? I'm a, I'm a big Dolphin believer. I've always been a Dolphin fan. Off my fantasy league is right now. <laughs> young young like, Dolphins. <laughs> young Dolphins. I don't know who to pick up and who not to pick up because all the good people are bumming, and all the except you know for like Tyree Kill and like AJ Green, and they're always good. But like. Freaking Adam Thielen is getting 25 points okay, okay, a game okay. now. Adam what? Thielen is a top five wide receiver in this league. Don't you dare insult dude, Adam Thielen. When? Don't, uh, do you, not don't you dare <laughs> insult Adam Thielen. Case Keenan made him good in the second, the latter half of the year. No, 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 no. <laughs> Adam Thielen made Case Keenum good. Okay. And then Case, Case Keenum, Keenum, that's my dude. And then Case Keenum stole money from Denver too. 
Yeah, I don't actually know what my boy. Oh yeah, he's, he's we will not have boy. Adam Thielen slander on this show. What? Well, okay, no Thielen slander, but did not expect that. Now you want to do- you want to dog on what happened on, like, to Alan Hearns? Alan Hearns has been well, the biggest disappointment not named so, Dak Prescott. Is Golden Tate good again? We're going to blame Alan Hearns? Look, my, bro- my brother said this to me best the other day. He said, how do you – we keep saying Cowboys don't have weapons. How do you know you don't have weapons if you don't throw him the ball? If you don't throw a 30-yard pass to someone? Let, Al- Alan Hearns, I saw a report today, he, he complains about the lack of targets. He's like, hey, I'm going to keep working, but I haven't been getting targets. I thought I would. Yeah, because all we do is – Dumps the Witten, Pass- I mean not yeah. Witten, dumps the Swaim and Beasley and uh, he should have never left little, the Jags. Little five yard passes, Deontay Thomas, whoever, whoever Deontay Thompson, yeah, Th- Thompson, yeah. Uh, Bryce Butler's gonna be back. Bryce Butler's a deep threat guy. Are we gonna throw a deep ball? Probably not. <laughs> and maybe that's like can Dak? I'm starting to believe Dak can't throw the ball 30 yards down the field. Like can can he not? I, I tweeted that last year. I said I physically I don't think he physically can do like, it. Can he not? Here's, here's I'm gonna go back to his Mississippi State highlights. How often did he actually throw the ball here's down my the theory. field? Dak has uh, Benjamin Button's disease and is aging backwards. So, so so he's like he's getting weaker now. He's turning into a baby. Yeah, that might make sense. Yeah. I might be on board with that. He was he was good at his starting out and in college because you know like he was he in his like grown man stage and then he tuckered himself out after that first rookie year and. Anyway, you never know. We're done. We're done crapping all over the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Let's uh, we have a couple more minutes, guys. Let's wrap this up. Uh, we know what the po- MLB postseason looks like now. Uh, Houston Astros won the AL West this week. They are going to be taking on Cleveland in the Boom. first round That's of the American League one. Division Series. It should be a fun one. Oh, we're going to actually have a really good talked segment about on it. That. Talked about it on Spit Talk and uh, and my whole take. I think Houston wins it in in uh, four or five. Uh, I'm not saying so much because Cleveland's not good. I have to do my stats. It, and it, it's because here's why. Okay. Cleveland's been in the playoff what three times in the past four years, mm-hmm. and every single time they choke it away. They do every single year. Every single year, they 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 have good players. Jose Ramirez was an MVP they, type guy. They, their roster is so stacked; they should be the best team. In the league. You would think so. They, you would they, think they, so. Just acquiring and Thompson. then the reason I think Houston's going to win that series because Houston, uh, they made it to the playoffs 2015, almost beat the team that won the World Series. Was it not for a bad bounce on Carlos Correa? They would have won that series. Um, 2017, their first real chance, they win it. They they get the job done against. They go through New York, Boston, L.A. Right. Very tough schedule. So. If you put these teams on paper against each other, pretty fair. I mean, I think it's a pretty even matchup. I think I the feel pitching like there has a little bit better. Uh, Houston has a little bit better bullpen yeah. and mate, but I think that lineup that if you if you have to get through Lindor, Ramirez, uh, Donaldson, Brantley, Edwin, no, Donaldson, yeah. it's, it's rough. That's Edwin. a good lineup. Uh, I think Houston's going to win it purely on the experience and the clutch factor in that series. But I have experience, I have Houston, I have Houston yeah. in four. Parker Ray said Houston in five. That's what I'm thinking on that. Um, here's here's an interesting one. Cleveland at four. I'm gonna have to go Cleveland also. You're going Cleveland. I'm going four. Yeah, I I would say five, but I'm not super yeah. confident because, like you said, they tend to choke. But especially against you know the national the the ex national champions. They're uh, still the, na- the they're still the they're still the reigning world reigning champions. world champions until you beat them. But you know, the, I was gonna say the Astros have had better stretch this year and kind of throughout the year. They had problems at home. They had the home field advantage for the series. I think Cleveland. No, that's a fair point. I think Cleveland steals one at home, and they go uh, back. The only to thing is, like, believable. playoff atmosphere is completely different. You know, and I think they're on a little bit of a revenge tour. They were the best uh, record in the league I last know, year. Man. They had that big win streak, and then they kind of just, you know, fluttered out, disappointed in the playoffs. Cleveland's weird. They've been about, on, a, uh, and, and they've been really the thing quiet. Is, though, they've been on a revenge streak really for three quiet. years in a row now. Cleveland's so. weird about like an energy thing. You know, like Cleveland wasn't super like 
good. Like, I, I'm not going to say they went super good, but um, going up until the Cavs went to the or their uh, finals, right, the NBA finals, well, then they went to uh, the World Series. And it kind of was just like a big energy in Cleveland. Well, now that I think this Baker hype, especially now, and if Cleveland does like do very well against the Astros, I think very well that they. That Are you might. straight up saying that Baker Mayfield's going to win the Cleveland Indians World Series? Yeah, that's what that, that's yeah, what you're and, trying. And if Cleveland Indians win the World Series, then we can come back to this podcast and it was because of Baker, because of Baker Mayfield. I won't even argue. Um, I want to ask you guys this: Oakland A's taking on the New York Yankees in the in the AL Wild Card game. Who wins that one? I have said this before, and I've heard this many times. Oakland is built to win one game. Okay, they have a lights out bullpen. They have a sneaky good offense. Uh, they have a sneaky MVP candidate in Chris Davis. And Sean Mania threw no hitter this year. He's nothing to sneeze at. He's a good pitcher. He's a good game one pitcher. Wait, how good is New York's record? New York had a down year. Uh, no, yeah. Aaron Judge has not. Yeah, that's a, that's an odd down year. I'm a, and I'm a Yankee hater. I'm no, I'm I mean, a, considering what they great, were coming into not, the year, 98 and 61 right now. Coming, into, win coming into the year, New York was supposed to be the world beaters. I mean, so they can still win 100 games. I mean, yeah, but, I don't know. Oakland's built to win one game. I would not be shocked to see Oakland win that one. Uh, can they even match up with Boston? Probably not. I could see them winning maybe one or two games out of that series, but but it's going to be Boston will run that if 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 the Athletics beat beat New York. I would see Boston winning that in four, maybe even three. If New York wins it, it could go five. That'd be an interesting. That'd be a fun series. Um, let's go ahead and, and throw it up to predictions. Who's your World Series contender out of the American League? Who's your World Series out of the National League? And who wins it? I'm gonna go Houston because I got to roll with my team. And I think they're gonna get. They're at least get to the World Series again. And they're. I believe they're gonna be playing against. Let's see. That's about this. Colorado looks really good, but they don't. They've never had the pitching to play up. Um. I think I think LA gets it done. I'll go for the rematch, Houston LA in the World Series. All right, I'm going to shift over. In the AL, I'm going to the Red Sox. I can't I can't pick against you can't pick against the Red Sox right now. No, they've been too good. So, the Red Sox from the AL and from the NL. I I, I actually like the Dodgers, but I don't like them this year enough. You don't like them repeating. I, I no. I'm it's going to be one of those NL Central teams. It's going to be the Cubs or Brewers. I could see the Brewers sneaking in, man. They are good. Uh, they only have one I, or two I, really I, good pitchers, but that lineup. The, the dude, Brewers, Christian Yelich. Oh, actually, I'm going with the Brewers. I'm that lineup is nuts. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Well, it looks pretty close out of Houston and for the AL. It looks pretty close out of Houston and Boston, but uh, let's see. I'll just go with. Uh, I will point out this. I want to point out this before you answer because I know you're not a huge baseball guy. I'm still learning. A few weeks ago, Houston went into Boston in Fenway without Carlos Correa. It took two out of three. Should have won three if it weren't for the stupid Altuve call. Want to throw that out there. Oh, I remember you talking about that. Well, uh, I'm going to go with the Astros. And let's see. That's right. NL, let me think. Let me think. <laughs> still, since I'm still learning, whoever's listening, I'm a rookie at the MLB. I'm still learning. So, ooh, let's see. I'm just going to throw one in there. Uh, Colorado actually has a better record than L.A. but um, Colorado is has a – Insanely good offense. I mean, those di- those dudes, those dudes hit the ball around the park. The thing is, they never had the pitching. Uh, no one's picking Atlanta. Interestingly enough, too young. Nah, too I'm, young. I'm gonna They're go. Yeah, up. I'm gonna go Indians, the team, and then on the other side, I'm gonna go Marlins. I- I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. They get a bad record. Um, 
I really, really want to pick the Rockies, but I haven't really seen anything like. And I, I yes, I'm not a huge baseball person, but I do like you know see the highlights and whatnot just every now and then. Uh, of course, you know Yankees, Red Sox, Houston always pops up on my on my feed, but I'm not gonna go Dodgers. I'm gonna go. Got to dodge them out of there, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna go Cubs. I'm gonna go Cubs versus Cubs. the Indians. Yeah, yeah. Oh, another another rematch. That's fair. Really so good. yeah, if we can get that, if I can get that rematch and that dub again, that'd so, be so. You guys saying there's nice. no parody in baseball? You had a rematch in your predictions. You said L.A. Okay, how about this? I'm going to pick who I want. I want to pick the Rockies and the Indians, okay? I mean, like I said, the Rockies are the sexy pick because they hit 90 home runs a game, but Oof. their pitching is not very and good. And they're in so. purple. And they're in purple. And they like play in, hey, if we play in Coors Field in the World Series, I mean, there's going to be like 50 to 49 scores. So <laughs> that would be hey, fun. Hey, let's go get tickets. If, it is in, if it's in Colorado, I'll buy us a B&B. All right, you're, you're <laughs> good. Hey, you, you, I can, can, stay, can, I can you, stay at my cousin's. Y'all can buy the tickets. <laughs> You've already offered, so you heard it here first, folks. Uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of Texas State Spit Talk. Uh, again, we started it off by getting getting a little bit heated, and then talked a lot of really good professional sports stuff. I hope y'all enjoyed. Uh, make sure to tune in every week, Friday coming out at noon, unless we tell you otherwise. Every once in a while, we will release at a different time just because of scheduling a team playing. For example, in a few weeks, Texas State plays on a Thursday. We may release early for that one. Um, just, keep in, just, keep, just keep listening. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure to tune in to Bobcat Radio Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, make sure to check out our blog site. Our blog site, ktsw.blog, has been putting out some great stuff lately. Make sure to check that out. Uh, once again, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will, uh, you will hear from us next week.